Welcome to Conversation Mill. My name is Rebecca Dale and I am the host of the show. I have a passion for sharing how the creation of thriving local economies benefits us all. I'm fascinated by how we come together to form our communities on a macro and micro scale and how our histories and stories when shared can not only motivate and inspire, but can facilitate understanding. As our communities, large and small, bring back a more progressive Main Street, individuals are stepping out to pursue their passions and local leaders are pushing back against corporate greed. It's time to engage these community leaders and small business owners in conversation. What are the driving forces behind their courage and success? And how can we continue to build communities that embrace diversity, support the local economy, and create a healthy ecosystem for the culture at large? Join us now in conversation. Christian and Tiffany bring us into their world of jewelry making and navigating autism. I can honestly say I have learned the most about what I don't know in this episode. I'm not embarrassed to say I did not know how to speak to autism and Down syndrome or other differently abled people until this conversation, but we don't know what we don't know. And that's why conversations like this are so important to have. What I do know is that Tiffany and Chris are creating a much needed change in the way we interact with and acknowledge those with autism in our communities. Tiffany and Christian share their story the best. And so please join us in conversation. All right. So let's start with talking about you guys and your relationship. So brother and sister, tell us a little bit about your childhood and growing up together. So I'm uh, Christian's older sister. I'm 36, and you're 33? Yes, I'm 33. I'm Christian. Tiffany, little brother. And then we have a younger brother, Parker, who's... He's 31 now, actually. Oh. Or, I don't know, he could be 30. And You're probably right, he's 31. Lives in Las Vegas. But we grew up uh, in Kula, in Maui, Hawaii. And we were all adopted. I'm from South Korea. Parker's from South Korea, different biological parents. And Chris is from Cambodia. Yes, I'm Cambodian. And I never knew I'd like to be Cambodian at all. What'd you say? No, no, I'd like to be Cambodian. You do like to be Cambodian? No, I like being Cambodian. Oh, thank God. Because Chris sometimes says he's white, which I'm always trying to encourage him to love himself for being Cambodian and Asian. Yeah. Because there's nothing wrong with being Asian. So you're Cambodian, mm-hmm. and you said you haven't studied a lot about Cambodia. Would you like to? I would like to, yes. Yeah. And do you think you ever want to visit there someday? Yes, even though it's a little warm there, but I'll get used to it and all. That's why I'm trying to keep the heat on and leave the cold air for Suzanne on. Suzanne's and a skills trainer. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm trying to build up for Cambodia and sunscreen too he always turns the heat on in her car when it's like boiling hot oh because you a, probably have to lose the jacket that's a good way yeah yeah i think it's gonna be too hot there for jackets for sure too hot for jackets huh probably okay so you guys grew up here on maui so tell me a little bit about what was it like growing up here on maui what kind of things did you do what did you enjoy doing 
What did I enjoy doing? Yeah. As a kid, growing up here. Oh, me? Yep. Yeah, both of you. Oh, uh, well, when Tiffany and I are kids, we, well... Can't remember, can you? We did watch movies, though, right? Watch movies? Yeah. Went to the Fun Factory? Yeah, we went to Fun Factory, yeah. Cool. Ooh. Went to the beach, used to go to Ma'alaya, the tide pools. Tide pools, yeah. With uh, our parents. And probably played Power Rangers a little bit. Yeah, we played Power Rangers, yeah. Only for a little bit. So you guys grew up playing together, <laughs> and now you're in business together. <laughs> so let's talk about that transition a little bit of going into business together and working together on the business. What was that transition like? Well, that transition is like... Uh... Is is it hard to work with your sister? Is it easy to work with your sister? Yes. Easy to work with my sister. <laughs> Probably depends on the day. Depends on the day. Sometimes I, I... Chris is a very good worker. He's a very good worker. And... Well, I, we can't always work. We gotta take breaks eventually and all. Yep. But. Mm-hmm. Chris loves taking breaks. Especially for lunch. <laughs> yeah. But we... But we probably should make people happy and all. And you make them happy through the jewelry that you're designing, right? Well, not always about the jewelry, though, but I, I don't normally do it for money. I just give away jewelry for free. Chris loves giving the jewelry away for free. I think the last time we did a pop-up at the hotel, we gave away half the stuff. <laughs> That's very kind of you. You just like that people appreciate it so much, and you want them to enjoy it? I just want them to enjoy the designs I do. I don't want to sell things or anything. I just want to just, like, um, more like, more like giving and all, and, uh, rather than getting stuff and all, I, look, I, I mean about fashion and this mm-hmm. and all, but yeah. just because I, like always have wealth or anything doesn't mean I care for it or anything. I just always want to give them the money because I always wanted to give them happiness every day. Chris loves giving. When we first started selling, he would do that. He would give away the stuff for free. And at that time, when we first started selling at the our pop up at the hotel, all the money was going into Chris's bank account. So I was like, okay, I guess he can give some of the stuff away for free, even though I was paying for the materials. Um, so, but we're still trying to teach him about money. Uh, sure. Like he has a credit card, but he doesn't understand that he kind of thinks it's free money. Like he says, oh, I got breakfast, but I'm like, oh, but Chris, you don't have enough money in your account. He's like, I'll just put on my credit card, but he doesn't understand that it's that you have to pay for it later. Right. So I think, his commendable, nice, generous heart. You know, and I know he sincerely means that, but it also yeah. kind of ties into him uh, learning about money. Sure. Yeah. Let's talk about how the business came about. Can you kind of, um, for our listeners, take us back to how you came back to Maui, Tiffany, and where the idea to then start working together and build the business came from? So I moved home in 2019. I was living in New York for about 10 years, and our dad had been kind of asking me for a long time to move home and help him with Chris. And so I finally did. And when I took over kind of managing his schedule, I realized planning someone else's schedule every single day as, as an adult is really difficult if there aren't 
um, too many opportunities for him, especially to have like a job that takes up a lot of your time. It's really hard, even right, even now. And I think we have it down pretty good. It's still hard coming up with things for him to do every day. That doesn't, because at first we were volunteering, um, you know, cleaning cat litter at the Boo Boo Zoo, which is not easy. <laughs> no. <laughs> and, uh, or paying to go have him do an activity, like paying him, paying for classes. So it was a lot of, it was not that sustainable. Right. Um, since Chris is only 33, you're 33. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm so, 33. yeah. So, uh, we both like jewelry and, uh, I don't even really know where that idea came from, but we, I decided to like email a bunch of the hotels to see if we could get a table there yeah. at a hotel. And everyone said no, except for the Kehlani <laughs> or, or we didn't get a response, which is, I think is typical. And we, I think we started doing that pretty, pretty soon after I moved here in 2019. And like I said, Chris was getting all the money, but then we ran into a little hiccup in that if you have a disability and if you're getting, um, disability benefits you can't you there's a cap otherwise he'll start losing some of his benefits like the, uh his skills trainer which then we would have to pay out of pocket that kind of thing and so that's kind of where the idea of starting our business depot market came from mm -hmm. and you know luckily we were able to turn what kind of seemed like a negative into a positive so that started the whole idea because we never had I had never had any desire to start a, like a store store, mm -hmm. um, but wanting to expand on our business that, which came from, um, which came from the whole, uh, Chris not being able to earn every single penny that we were making, being able to share that with other people like Chris in the community. Sure. Where did the name, um, depot market come from for your business? So like uh, Chris said, he was adopted from Cambodia and he was found in a market in Cambodia called Depo Market, like a food market. Okay. And his middle name is Depo. And I thought that would be a really great name because it has so much meaning, even though everyone thinks it's Depot Market, but that's mm -hmm. okay. Um, so it has a lot of meaning to us, even though Chris wants to change it every other week to something else. <laughs> well, I found Antifada common mall, though. Hmm? I, I found it. Well, actually, Dan found it. An empty spot at the mall? Yeah. But we're already... Aaron's already almost done with your store. We name another store, too, though. <laughs> when you start branching out and start growing. Yeah, when I start growing it, yeah. You can build out that one. How about that? The next one. But first, we, you gotta get the first one open in Wailuku, right? Yeah. Wailuku, yeah, of yeah. course. Are you helping build that one out? Are you helping design it? Well, actually, I... I was trying to take a workshop class, but it was a little. My thing was a little off. Who's building the store? Aaron is. And who's Aaron? He's my brother-in-law. Who built Chris's house that we're sitting in and is building Chris's store. <laughs> That's great to have that resource and have somebody in the family that can help you. Yeah, I'm. We owe him a lot, don't we? Yeah, yeah. we owe him a lot. We owe him a lot, yeah. Sharing the business, huh? <laughs> we better pay him. Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I should. <laughs> Chris, so what's your favorite part of the jewelry making? Well, my favorite part is the earring. The lanterns are my very most favorites and all. Can you tell us about those? How do you make those? Well, 
make you have to first fold them and then put three hearts together mm-hmm. and then you pull some wires and cut them and I think you have to first put them through, I think so. Then and you're afterwards f- you put the danglies on below and the earring hooks on top after the crystal. And you fold paper you're doing origami to make the lantern shape? Well, it's not just origami I'm doing also, but I'm trying to You're doing wire wrapping? And the paper part is origami. Yes. Okay. Yes. Also, crystal jewelry. He loves crystals. Oh, okay. Yeah, I love crystals. I love all those jewelry. I love doing all the metal jewelry. And Chris took a metalsmithing class at the Hui. I, I gave the ring to uh, Riley. Mm-hmm. Oh, you made I, a ring? For, you made a, are you starting to make rings? We don't have the setup, but he made a bunch of stuff at his class. Oh, that's great. I know your business has a bigger purpose than, than, and I don't mean to say just selling jewelry because that's a great purpose in and of itself and your work is so beautiful, but what's the larger purpose behind your business? So jewelry, I guess we're using jewelry as our vehicle of showing other people and other businesses that people like Chris can have a job just like everybody else and specifically a front of the I've been calling it a front of the house job because some of the jobs that are available to Chris here are kind of in the back not that I have I'm nothing uh, nothing wrong with what they're doing um, because at least someone's offering them a job but a lot of jobs that are offered to people like Chris are doing things in the back where they can't be seen or like easier tasks Mm -hmm. and um I'm just trying to give people like Chris an opportunity to show everyone else that it's really important for them to be included in our everyday lives in our community. They may need some help. They might need uh, uh, things to be rearranged a little bit differently so that they can do their job. But the point is that they can, they can do a lot of different jobs just like everybody else. And you mentioned um, Chris's skills trainer so is that kind of the biggest resource you have to assist you with and assist Chris in learning new things and keeping a schedule and planning? How does that work for you? And is that like your your biggest resource or is there something else that you lean on? Absolutely. Suzanne is Chris's skills trainer. His registered behavioral therapist is RBT. And she comes Monday through well, four days a week, Monday through Friday. Um and she helps Chris, basically she helps lighten the load for us and takes Chris to do things that he needs to do, like she takes him to do his grocery shopping and his fitness, and uh, she's basically supporting Chris because uh, he can't drive. Mm. So she she's invaluable. We, we love Suzanne. Who can't drive? You. Oh, me. <laughs> you mentioned fitness, and Chris, I see you yeah, on... Instagram and TikTok working out, dance, and what's the bungee thing you do? That looks the so bungee fun. bungee is more like a... Uh, um, like a rubber band? Rubber band? Like a giant rubber band? Giant rubber band, yeah. Like, uh, it's kind of like rope yeah. work or whatever. What do you call it? 
a bungee, like a giant rubber band that you're attached to. And then you do you jump up and down, or what do you do, Chris? What do well, you yeah, do? we kind of kind of walk around, and then we we jump around, jump up high, front. Well, we balance after hanging, but I that's why I, I normally do with why I make up. Mm. That's what I made up. I guess I must have watched too much of plays and all. I probably too much of the audition that the place and all. So you kind of make up your own routine sometimes for fun. Sometimes, yeah. Well, I was just wondering if when you do bungee or you dance, does it make you feel better? Like, do you? Yes, fe- it makes me feel a lot better. Yeah. And bungee's kind of like um, some of the stuff you do is kind of like superhero stuff. Right? Well, something like that. It's like short-term flying, right? Short-term flying, yeah. (laughs) Oh, that's (laughs) so cool. I think um, a lot of listeners might wonder, um, for you, Tiffany, what things you had to learn to better assist Chris and help him daily or help you cope with helping Chris. In the beginning, I think in the first few months, I was real. I severely underestimated um, everything, I guess, because, oh, he started, He we moved in together right at the beginning of 2020 when everything kind of shut down and he didn't have any skills trainers. So that was maybe for the best. I don't know. <laughs> but it was like, it was a crash course kind yeah. of. And because we hadn't, I had been on the mainland for 15 years going to college and then living in New York. So I hadn't lived with him full time for that long mm-hmm of a period for since we were kids. So that was, and then I had transitioned very quickly into kind of a parental role, which I kind of continue to struggle with. Um, but so I had to learn everything kind of quickly. And one of the things that took me a while to learn because I was getting so overwhelmed and I would feel really guilty if I wanted to go do something for myself, if I wanted to leave Chris and Chris is fully capable of being at home by himself for days even. Um, and he might eat everything in the refrigerator, but he's fully capable of being at home by himself. But I would feel guilty if I wanted to go do something by myself or with friends, if I had to leave him at home. Well, I can always come back home and move back with you and all if you want. Maybe what? later. but yeah so that was giving myself i think i had to i had i had to force myself to be okay with it otherwise Mm -hmm. because i was it was really tough um but we were i was also we were also living with our mom who i believe had an undiagnosed mental illness (sighs) so they would kind of trigger each other when they were having like highs and lows so that was just it was kind of a um hurricane (laughs) yeah (laughs) but we eventually got through it (laughs) what what helps you the most? What can people, friends, family, acquaintances, what can they do that helps you and helps Chris the most that takes something off of your plate? We have a friend, Lindsay, who I went to high school with, and she comes over uh, pretty much every week and cooks with Chris and they make a family meal for us. And she, um, and then some friends offer, uh, to take Chris to the movies or to a show or whatever. Um, but it's, it's been game changing since Chris lives in his own house. Now mm-hmm. it's actually been like probably the biggest game cha- changer of all, but, um, we are thankful for our friends that offer to 
um, help with Chris because it's kind of a weird thing to ask someone, hey, could you hang out with my brother? For-? So for the people that offer, it's really awesome because um, we never asked. And uh, and our friend Lindsay, like I was mentioning, she uh, there was a point in time in the hotel when the tourism industry like went crazy back into business. And we were struggling um, managing all the customers at the hotel, and she would, like, come to the hotel and help us and stuff. Mm. So she's, like, uh, really gone above and beyond to help help us and is really good with Chris. Chris, what's it like living um, here in your own house now? It's, uh, is it it's hard or here. easy? It's nice here, yeah. and uh, I feel a little lonely sometimes, but mm-hmm. always wanted a girlfriend. Now you're That's... in a very good setup to have a girlfriend. Yeah. And we were worried about Chris feeling lonely, but Chris, this is the first time Chris has ever, ever lived on his own and in his entire life. Because when he was living at La Kea, he had a roommate and was in a house with multiple other people. So definitely a valid feeling to have. And we try to include him as much as possible. Yeah. But you've been doing great. Yep. What do you do when you get lonely out here? Uh, sometimes take a nap and do meal prep, but I don't know. I didn't make a meal prep. I just sometimes you sneak some extra food. Now that yeah, you have your own refrigerator, yeah. watch a little, watch TV a little longer. I watch TV, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I watch TV. TV, I'll watch Tots, and uh, you know I'm not supposed to be, but I stopped watching that. But it's I, just Power Rangers. Yeah, no, not Tots. I don't even know what Tots is. Yeah, but I, I I just cut that one off though. Mm. But and I also uh, watch uh, Mile Pony, which is my favorite kind of episodes mm-hmm. and movies. You mentioned cooking, cooking, and I saw that um, I saw some of your cooking on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Do you like cooking? What got you into trying new recipes and cooking? Well, I tried making spaghetti sauce, but instead ended up making bajetta. Oh. Chris's favorite thing in the entire universe is food. In the whole wide world is food. So yeah, he, he I, loves cooking. I'm sorry. I, do you like cooking? Do you cook? Are you vegetarian? What kind of food do you cook? Are you Do you eat well, meat? Well, I was trying to be more... Yeah, I guess I was trying to be more vegan, but... Mm, that's not true. Well, actually, you... I tried to make meatballs, but... Yeah. <laughs> his heart's in the right place, his yeah. stomach's in another place. <laughs> I get that. I, well, I tried making meatballs, He but... eats a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. But because Chris has high cholesterol, we do tend to eat more plant-based stuff. Sure. Yeah, we're trying to keep healthy, fit, and... Chris uh... is now the healthiest person in the family now. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. You guys kind of had some viral moments on TikTok and you have really created a big audience. What feedback are you getting, comments? Like, how are people receiving what you're putting out into the world? Because it's it's really great stuff and it's really showcasing how anybody can build a life no matter what their circumstances are. So what's that reception been like? It's been crazy because I started it to kind of um, promote our business, but then the videos that people were connecting with were the ones where I was s- telling about the things that I do to help support Chris. Those are the mm-hmm. things that were um, 
people were liking the most, and a lot of the comment the comments that have, uh, have been re- most common comments are the ones where other families like ours are saying thank you so much. You know, my kid's only four, but this gives me a lot of hope for the future. Like th- mm-hmm. that's kind of how a lot of the comments are that um, which I couldn't really have anticipated. Um, but they've definitely been the most meaningful and um, encourage us to keep making more videos. Mm-hmm. And I know you've worked um, with some different groups in the past as well. Was it um, like Paralympics? Achilles. Okay. Achilles International is a nonprofit and they're in multiple cities around the world. And I was part of the New York chapter. I think it's the biggest chapter. And they pair able-bodied athletes with athletes with disabilities to do mm-hmm. all kinds of races, marathons, triathlons, um, every kind of, pretty much every kind of sport. Um, and some of the athletes do go to the Paralympics. And uh, I was a guide, a paratriathlete guide. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Which I also had never, had no... If you knew me in high school, I was not I was not athletic at all. <laughs> so all my friends like um, were all really shocked that that was something I was into at all. <laughs> but also has helped me with Chris and his yeah. fitness journey too. Yeah. And you you mentioned living in New York. Can you take us a little bit through your career journey and what that looked like? I went to art school at the School of the Art Institute in Chicago because I was always interested in. I guess I always thought I was going to be a fashion designer making clothes. Um, so I went to art school in Chicago for four years. And then I moved to New York because I figured that's where all the artists were going, uh, to New York City. And I was working at a trim manufacturing company in the fashion district where everything was being made by hand. And somehow I was doing like hand embroidery work for... Mm. Um, I was embroidering samples for Ralph Lauren and stuff. And the company I was working for acquired a metal manufacturing company and I had lugged all my shells from Maui to New York and I started tinkering around and having them cast some shells and that's where I how I kind of accidentally got into jewelry and learned all about the jewelry business in New York started a jewelry business there making mostly island inspired jewelry mm-hmm. and yeah I was going to ask that because I'm not myself a big jewelry wearer, so I'm not very familiar with that industry. How would you describe the type of jewelry that you create? I guess it's metal cast jewelry that I design. Well, now I'm focusing more. I'm designing most of the stuff at Depot Market, but I do still have uh, some of my core pieces. But everything I design everything, and I usually work with... In New York, they have like old school, old school um, jewelry jewelers <laughs> jewelers <laughs> um that like you have a design and then they'll mold it either um, in wax or in a t- is that boring you no i'm just a little tired <laughs> um i understand it's it's early <laughs> uh so i'll come up with a sketch or a design and someone will actually make it by hand mm-hmm. i mean now the now they can do it in 3d in cad and stuff too but sure. i was working with like people that have been doing this for decades that you know people don't do it anymore mm-hmm. and then then that would be cast in a mold and then the metal would be poured into the mold and then that's kind of how it's yeah and I don't know if this is an indelicate question or not, but I think a lot of our, well, I know a lot of our listeners are small business owners or interested in in small business. 
is your jewelry business sustainable enough to provide for you financially and for Chris? Or do you have to supplement that? So now uh, it was when I was in New York and now I'm it's kind of a mix because I went through a phase in New York where, um, well, I guess like in every uh, even in fashion, there's a lot of copying and stuff I came up with. I started the Maui necklace. Your Allison's wearing a ring <laughs> that looks like it. I started that like over ten years ago, and then everyone else started doing that. Uh-huh. And it kind of, I kind of lost all interest in making jewelry, and so I kind of took a really big step back in making jewelry completely. And I started working for a um, like a bike spinning company with with that was that I found through Achilles, and. I kind of took a huge step back and only found my creative drive back when I was, we started Depple Market. Mm-hmm. So, um, and now I think it's because I have like a real purpose for what I'm doing, which is, um, and working with Chris has been awesome. And I'm getting totally off topic what you initially asked. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's perfect because I, that is something that again, because I'm not, really plugged into that world of jewelry. I not, I guess I didn't really think about how you can design something and you're not like copywriting it per se. Because I do not own the shape of the island of Maui. Right. Yeah. But if, it, you know, I have gone after people that have copied stuff that I did come up with. Um, right. Like that's. Yeah. That, that I did make that came out of my brain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Yeah, it was really disheartening. People on island were selling the exact same thing. People that were selling my jewelry started copying my jewelry, like at stores and stuff. And, you know, uh, someone would be like, oh, hey, you know, someone's already doing that. Be like, oh, but, you know, I need to make money, too. Like, that would be their response. And it was just really disheartening. And I understand that it's, um, well, I understand people are selling it because it's a, it was one of my top selling, <laughs> top selling piece. I sure. totally get it. But it was really disheartening as an artist. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so for everyone listening, go buy their jewelry. Do not copy it. We will find you. <laughs> what is um what's the timeline for your brick and mortar location? I keep saying a month. So I hopefully this I hope I hope I do mean a month. So oh god, we're already in February. So hopefully in March. <laughs> awesome. We're hoping a few weeks to a month. What's been the hardest part as a small business owner, especially now expanding into this brick and mortar? What's been the biggest challenge to overcome? Uh, thinking you could open it in a timely manner when you just had a baby. Mm. <laughs> yes, we haven't even dug into that. <laughs> I, yeah, uh, again, I severely underestimated how much work a child is. Um, that's because we're doing, when I say we, Aaron, my partner, is building the store. <laughs> Yeah. And so when he's over there working at the store, I have the baby all day and then I get, I love her, but it's hard work. Yes. So then like if I need a day off, then he doesn't get to work on the store because like he's kind of determined to make it on his own because he's such a skilled craftsman that um, he's saving money and then also wants to make sure he's doing the a good job. Yeah. And so that's kind of why it's taking so long. <laughs> that's understandable but it's also going to be such a great space because it does have that yeah it's going to be very personalized yeah Yeah. Yeah. chris what's Ah. it like being an uncle now uh great so you did hear what she said (laughs) yes i being uncle is very great yeah yeah 
what did you think about it? I mean, it's it's such a different, that's a big change for you. I mean, if Tiffany's having to postpone store opening and, and kind of cope with that, it's got to be such a challenge to be an uncle. What was that like? What, what like? Being an uncle. You didn't hear a word she said. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's very great. I. <laughs> Why is it so great? Because. Or what do you like about being an uncle? Well, I told me I would have a kid in my house probably just to, well, at least be a single uncle and all or anything like that. What? I'm kidding. What are you, are you trying <laughs> to steal my baby? No, I, I want, I want to, uh. You are a single uncle. Oh, good. <laughs> are you good at making her laugh, Chris? <laughs> yeah, I'm good at making her laugh. What do you do to make her laugh? That always works. That's solid. So, Chris, once the store opens, what will you be doing? Will you be working in the store and making jewelry there and helping sell it? Or yes, I want to be making jewelry, helping sell it. But wait, what's the other option, though? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so, what I learned when I had the bright idea to start our business, I underestimated Chris's abilities to do jewelry because my background is also in jewelry. So I kind of stupidly thought what he does is easy. And I mm -hmm. thought we could teach other people like Chris and it would be no problem to do. Cause we had a charm table. That was what we were doing. And I kind of thought, I thought cause it was so easy. Everyone would be able to do it. But then when I was trying to train a couple other adults, they couldn't do it. And I was mm -hmm. like, Oh my God, what are we going to do? And so we're going to, our business at the store is going to be a little different. We're going to be selling things that are already made, ready-made jewelry. And sure. so that, that way everyone can work there yeah. and they don't have to worry about making it. But if they want to make it, they can. Um, so that most of the jewelry will already have been made. Um, but if someone well, wants a special piece, then they can book an appointment to work with Chris. That's, um, that's kind of what we're planning on doing. So Chris will be working there and also making jewelry. That's great. And how many days a week will Chris be working there? Or Chris, how many days will you be working there? How many days will I work there? Yeah. Um... I'm maybe working there for, uh, I'm trying to get up earlier if I could You can get... actually get up later. It's later than the hotel. Oh, good. <laughs> it'll be short, it'll actually be shorter hours, but more days. I think three or four days. And closer to your house. Very much closer. Very much closer. <laughs> you could bike there if you really wanted to. You could try. <laughs> Tiffany, for other, what advice do you have for other families or other caregivers out there that are putting together these schedules, helping teach skills? What, or maybe what was the best advice you got from somebody that kind of helped you? I don't know what advice I got, uh, but one of the things that has been helpful for both me and Chris, or one of, the, and one of the things I've noticed, and this is. Uh, People might not like hearing this, but I've noticed that people that are parents, like our parents did this, um, that they kind of tend to baby baby their per the person, their kids, their adult kids. And so they're not always giving them the opportunity to, to do things on their own. And... Um, and, I under and I definitely understand that now as a parent, that I probably will treat my daughter differently, like in a more protective way 
way than I treat Chris because he's my sometimes annoying younger brother. So I do want him to do things on his own so I don't have to do it. Mm-hmm. So, but at the same time, it's also he's able to do things on his own now that um, we never probably gave him the chance to do. And um, that partially came from a place where I need time to do stuff and I can't do everything for Chris. And then also it gives him, he's gained so much uh, confidence in himself being especially giving him all this freedom to do things on his own especially being able to live in his own house by himself like i don't know Mm -hmm. if we ever pictured that as um i kind of always thought chris would need a roommate um but as his previous roommate it's kind of hard (laughs) (laughs) but it's he's been out here for geez almost a year almost a year now and he's been doing so well and he's fully able to be out here by himself so i'm not sure if our our we love our dad, but I'm not sure if he ever would have envisioned that for himself. He probably would have pushed him, had him living um, where he had been in a residential place, or been living with a, having having him live in home with him mm-hmm. for a long time. And I've I've seen that with other similar and and a lot of the comments on our TikTok also have been like, you know, my parents baby my sister so much. Like I wish they would watch this so they could um, give her some more freedom and stuff like that. So that's also been a comment that we get a lot too. So yeah. One thing that you talked about recently that really struck a chord with me and my partner and I had a conversation about it with our own nephews is young kids being exposed to people with whether it be physical disabilities, mental handicaps, and, and experiencing different types of people. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Because I think that's something that other parents may not think about. I think you wouldn't th- th- think about it at all if unless you had someone like Chris in your life. And uh, unfortunately, we do come have some un you know not nice situations, and most of those situations are usually with kids that strangers, um, not kids that we know. Well, you know, <laughs> um, but it's almost always with kids, and mm-hmm. I think it's because they don't really have a filter. And they're really, really good at picking up on the fact that Chris is different. Like when we're at our pop-ups, that I can tell that they immediately can, they'll just stare at him because they can sense that something's a little different. Mm-hmm. Even when adults don't initially pick up on it, they, they kind of just, I can tell that they just think he's weird. Um, but kids immediately are just so good at picking up on that something's a little different. And sometimes they're really nice and sometimes they're really, really mean. And, um, yeah, we've gotten into situations where we're at like a friend of mine's party for their kid and some kids there. This happened on multiple occasions where the kids at the party will be really mean to Chris. And I don't know mm-hmm. how to handle it because I'm at my friend's house with their friends. And I, my initial reaction, I think, because I'm so hot tempered is to be like, go up. But I, I, this is some of my biggest regrets is I don't know how to handle it. Um Especially how I, I wish I could handle it how I would I would like to, um, and so usually I we just stop, we just stop going to their birthday parties because, mm-hmm. whatever. But and sorry, my answers are so no, long. No, no, I know. I <laughs> no, thank you. I think it's it's such an important conversation to have because and another thing that I wanted to kind of talk to you about too because as I was asking that question, I was like, did I use the wrong language in asking it as like how what language do you like people to use? Because I use the word a mental handicap, but I think, is that outdated language? Is it is it more polite or less offensive to say 
autistic or severely autistic you know, or um it honestly depends on the person like i i'm technically not the right person to ask like if i know if you ask chris he would say he does not have autism and he does not have a disability that's how i'm pretty sure he would answer mm-hmm. but um i've had we've had comments on tiktok saying don't say it like that we've had comments saying don't say my autistic brother say my brother with autism we've had people saying say he's autistic not as hot so mm-hmm. it honestly depends on the person um but i've met adults with autism that say i'm autistic and I would say the one word that people don't really that I've never heard in the disability community is handicapped. I mm-hmm. think that's kind of an outdated word that's not used. That's the only thing I can really think of. Um, and it, it honestly just like I've had parents say you shouldn't say it like that, but it's honestly up to the person's um, preference. I try to be as I even the comments that aren't that nice and I know they're trying to be helpful in a not nice way. I try to like research and understand where they're coming from and um, but yeah, Chris, I think would probably say he doesn't have autism. What would you say, Chris? He says he's regular ed. That's what he likes saying. Okay. Well, I said more. I said, well, I probably don't have to say that anymore. I graduated from high school last time. I'm trying to go to. Uh, so would you say? Well, would you say you have autism? Well. No, I don't have autism either, but more like regular ed, yeah. And I think it's because he associates it with a bad thing. Um, and so I've been kind of unsuccessfully trying to teach him that there's nothing wrong with mm-hmm. having autism and part of the reason why he's well, so special. Well, I anything wrong with autism. I just, well, not everyone has the disability and all. But I'm trying to show you that it's okay if you have a disability. Like when we took well, on... We, well, I kind of have a little bit, but maybe no. Um, I don't know. Who knows? We brought on... Um, uh, an adult with Down syndrome, and I said, Chris, is it okay if this person comes and works with us? And he said, well, I don't know if people are going to like that very much because he, I think he really associates having a disability with something bad, mm-hmm. and I think that's why he says he doesn't have autism because he just wants to be seen like everybody else, which I completely understand, Yeah, but I also want him to know that a lot of people have autism and that they're really awesome people, but I'm not sure if we're there yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it is... And that ties into the whole thing with teaching kids and having people like Chris out in dated, normal, regular jobs. It's because mm-hmm. people don't ever see people like Chris right. out in society unless they're out with their group doing a community service type thing. Um, they're just you. You never see them working retail at the store, mm-hmm. um, and so that's kind of that kind of ties into this whole thing of having a place where people can see that see people like Chris doing regular jobs. So it kind of all ties into the. It is interesting, right? Because it kind of does feel like almost like this last taboo. Like we don't really have a lot of taboos in our society anymore. And this is just something that people really don't talk about. So I don't like even I am not 100% sure on all the language to Mm -hmm. use or the questions to ask. And that's why I'm asking the questions (laughs) because I want to learn where people are too afraid to ask the question for fear of offending or Mm, their own fear versus or uncomfortability. Totally. When when I see kids looking at Chris at when we're selling jewelry, I'm like, hey, you know, Chris has autism. This is what autism is. And usually they're like, okay, whatever. <laughs> but like, we are very open to the having a conversation. And um, it's just constant growth for everybody involved, yes. whether it's the strangers, whether it's you, whether it's Chris, mm-hmm. it's a it's an ongoing process. And it's crazy because uh, people with disabilities is the largest minority group in the world. Yeah. Like everybody has met or knows someone or has a family member with some, it could be 
depending on, I mean, it very greatly varies the mm-hmm. disability, but um, it's yeah, it's kind of crazy that that's still a big thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chris, what would you say to other people that are autistic that want to start doing a job? Because you're being a very successful jeweler. What advice would you have for other people that might want to try to do something like that? Well, if anyone has talent of doing joy, then I believe so, and all, but that's what I believe, and all, but... They should try it? They should take a risk and try something different? Well, I'm saying that they should take a risk and fulfill their dreams. That's That's great. great. Yeah, that's That's great great advice. So one question that I ask everybody on this podcast to wrap up the episodes is if you could sit down and have a conversation with anyone, whether living, dead, who would you love to sit down and talk to? Chris, if you could talk to anybody ever, living or died, anyone ever, who would you want to talk to? What about anybody famous or something? Anybody famous? Well... Michael Jordan. Oh, Ooh, that's a good one. I'd like to and talk to him Middleton. too. Kate Middleton. I was expecting a royal person in there. Kate Middleton. That's a good one too. Chris is obsessed with the Princess Dara, Prince William, Prince George, Princess Charlotte, and Prince Louis. What about Meghan Markle? Meghan Markle and Prince Harry. That's you know what I've been watching a lot of stuff about the royals lately. People can tell you I'm really interested in them too. So I would like to talk to some of those people too, especially Kate Middleton. I think she would be very interesting. She probably has some secrets. I think so. <laughs> she probably has some good secrets. But I talked to her kids too, and uh, who are the also the royals. Tiffany, who would you love to sit down with? I would say our mom, but mm. I think if I get into it, I'll probably start mostly because I just had a child and it was hard. Mm. Uh, having not having her here mm-hmm. even though we had a rocky relationship <laughs> but yeah I'm kind of surprised you didn't say mom too but Kate Middleton's important too you're not even listening to what I'm saying yeah <laughs> <laughs> I was saying wouldn't you want to talk to mom yes mom yeah of course I want to talk to mom mm. until you're starting a business yes that's cool. When will I see her? I guess... <clears throat> uh, you know, some deep questions. I guess in your dreams? Or when it's um your time to go where mom is? Oh, okay. I'm sorry to bring this up. <laughs> it's okay. Sometimes good conversations make you cry. Yeah. It's okay, Tiff. Thanks. Yeah. I care about mom too. <laughs> Those crocodile tears. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Chris, for sitting down with me and talking to me. And thank you, Tiffany, for opening up. And, and I learned so much. I think our listeners learn, will learn so much from this conversation. I appreciate how open and honest you guys are and, and what you guys are doing. I think your jewelry uh, store is going to be very successful. And I think you guys are making a big change in the world. So thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you for you having much. us. Such an honor. Welcome to Conversation Mill. Join me as I talk to individuals stepping out to pursue their passions, from small business owners to community leaders. 
and learn with me how we can work together to support our local communities and local economies. Visit conversationmill.com to learn more, but now please join us in conversation.